0: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hi, I'm LaToya Edwards, and welcome to Mommy Jammies Night. This is going to be a great place to just relax and chat with other moms. So I hope you have on your comfy jammies. You've got your snacks, whatever you want to drink, and don't forget your box of tissue as we get ready for a time of fellowship and encouragement. I can't wait for you to meet my friends. I just know that you will be blessed by their stories and what they have to share. All right. Hello, everyone. It's LaToya, and I'm here with Heidi St. John, who was having some technical issues a little bit ago, and so we missed you guys live, but as promised, we are here, and we're going to record um, so that you guys can listen, so welcome to the show, Heidi. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. All right. So, oh, I just wanted to say one thing before we get started. You have a gift for everybody, right? That's right. We have um, actually a two-week download of firmly planted family. It's our um, our Bible study is kind of a sampler, so it's an awesome uh, way for people to get um, a little sample, a little taste of what we think um, should be in every Christian family, which is just a few minutes every day in the Word of God. And we've got we've compiled two weeks worth of um, firmly planted study, kind of a little bit from the Old Testament and a little bit from the New Testament. So. I think it's it's pretty cool. I think uh, everybody's going to enjoy it. Awesome. And so I will have a link on the show page so that you guys can take advantage of that, and it will be up there for a while. So I'm so excited. Heidi's going to talk to us about keeping Christ at the center of our homeschool, and Mm -hmm. I definitely need to hear some more about that. Awesome. Well, I have the opportunity, I actually wrote this workshop um, for uh, something that I did about a year ago, and I've been changing it ever since then because I've really um, been kind of asking the Lord to show me what it means to be thirsty, and so that's really what I, I kind of want to talk about tonight, and just in, in the, the strict sense of keeping, uh, recognizing that Christ is always doing something in the lives of our kids. And I think as homeschooling moms in particular, we forget sometimes that this thing is just, about, is just as much about us as it is about our children, and it's really easy for us to just go, well, this is all about educating our kids, and then we miss what that is doing in the, greater, uh, in the grand scheme of things. And so I really want to talk about how we can keep Christ the center of our homeschool and ways to recognize uh, our thirst for him. And so I kind of want to start out just by asking everybody, are you thirsty? You know, are you looking to take Christ in the center? And I think sometimes we forget what it means, what it feels like to be thirsty. And so I'm going to kind of take us to the book of John uh, tonight in John 7, uh, verses 37 and 38. Let me kind of set this up for you. Normally I do this with with slides, and so I'm kind of a visual – I guess I would be a visual learner. No one ever told me what kind of a learner – I was, but I think if I went back and, and I could see myself as a younger, as a student, I would consider myself a visual learner. So I like, I'm going to sort of set the scene for you, kind of picture Jesus um, in the midst of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was basically a week-long festival, and it was commemorating uh, the Israelites, when they spent 40 years in the desert, and they're commemorating and celebrating God's faithfulness and his protection and his provision. It's essentially the Israelites' version of our Thanksgiving. And so this is the Feast of Tabernacles, and Jesus is speaking to a large crowd of people. And you can kind of, I, whenever I, I picture Jesus in this um, scenario, I like to picture him surrounded by men and women who are probably sitting on the ground around him, um, more than likely, the Bible says he was at the temple, and so you can imagine um, the Pharisees were there, and they were um, questioning him and questioning what he was doing. And if you go to John 7, verses 37 and 38, um, you find Jesus at the last day of the feast continuing to talk to people. And uh, this is where the Bible, this is where John picks up the account of Jesus talking to uh, the people, and it says, on the last and the greatest day of the feast, so this is kind of like, think about us culminating, you know, our Christmas holiday or um, Thanksgiving, how you kind of work your way up to it, and then we culminate it with the feast, and the Bible says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood in a loud voice and said, if a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow within him. Now, I want to, to, whenever the Bible, I want to just encourage you, whenever you see the Bible giving um, imagery, a picture um, to you, to pay close attention because um, God is trying to reveal something to you. And I think every time I hear this passage of scripture read to me, the Lord does something different in my heart. And particularly, as I was reading this one, I was thinking of all of the references. And in fact, on my way home, I had my kids at Piano today, and on my way home, I was listening to a guy talking about Um, the many references to water in the Bible, and they are almost always um, speaking in spiritual terms. And Jesus talks about this a lot in his ministry on the earth about us being thirsty. And here in John 7, he is saying, if a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now, I think it's interesting that Jesus said, that the Bible says that Jesus had said this in a loud voice. He stood, the Bible says, and said it in a loud voice, which tells me that probably at some point, He was sitting down, maybe talking to them just about um, the reason that God had sent him and his love for them. And if you read earlier in in the book of John, you can hear more about or read more, rather, about what Jesus is saying. But I want to focus for just a minute on who he was speaking to. Now, consider with me just for a minute about Jesus' commitment to these people. He was speaking to Basically, people who wanted him dead, a lot of the people in uh, the crowd were the Pharisees. And in John uh, in 7, verse 14, we see them questioning him. They're asking him questions to trap him. And they had sent the temple guards there and, uh, to arrest Jesus, and they're kind of bummed because they're listening to Jesus, and he's talking, he's speaking life into these people. He's speaking life to the men and women who are listening to him and he's telling them, If you're thirsty, come to me. Stop trying to find uh the, the answers and the quench for your thirst from another place. Come to me. And so in verses forty five and forty six we read about what happened to the temple guards. Now stay with me here because I'm still in in chapter seven. But the temple guards who had been listening to Jesus were instructed to seize him, the Pharisees had said, go ahead and arrest Jesus. And so they went down there full on intent on arresting Jesus. And so now they're back to give their account of what was happening to the Pharisees. Now, remember, the Pharisees are bummed because they're watching Jesus talking to the people and he's having an effect on them. Whatever he is saying to them is resonating with them. And in verses 45 and 46, says that the temple guards had been instructed to seize Jesus because they couldn't, but they couldn't do it. And the, and the reason that they couldn't do it, the Bible says, is because literally because they were undone. They were undone. And so I want you to think for just a minute with me about when the last time was you were undone by your thirst for God. How often have you known that it was the Lord speaking to you through friends or through a radio broadcast or through a speaker or through a pastor when was the last time that you can remember sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening and actually being undone? The Bible says uh, in John 7, verse 45, that the temple guards could not arrest Jesus because they were undone. They were undone. They said that there has never been a man that has spoken like him, and they couldn't do it. And I, I, as I was reading this, I had to think to myself, when was the last time that as a mom – I was undone by the gift that God had given me. When was the last time that I was undone to the point where I I could not continue um, homeschooling in the same way or being uh, in, a, in my marriage relationship with my husband in the same way or raising my kids in the same way because I was remembering how much God loved me because of the, the sacrifice that he made for me, the plans that he has in Jeremiah 2911. The, the Bible says that God has plans for us. And so the Pharisees could not do it. And I wonder, when was the last time that you, as a mom, were undone by your thirst for God? Jesus was saying in in John chapter 7, if any one of you is thirsty, let him come to me. Let him come to me. When was the last time that you, like those temple guards that were there to arrest Jesus, were undone by your thirst for God? When was the last time? See, what I believe is true is that the big question in homeschooling is not how we homeschool, it's why. And we can talk about how we homeschool our kids all day long. We can talk about classical education. We can talk about the Charlotte Nation approach to education. We can talk about um, unschooling, for crying out loud. There's a, a whole myriad of ways that we can homeschool our kids, but I don't believe at the end of the day that that is the big question. I think that the big question of homeschooling isn't, How, although that's important, I think the bigger question is why? Why are we homeschooling? And if we don't know why we're doing it, if we have lost that passion and that vision that God gave us when we initially started homeschooling, then we are going to struggle through our homeschooling in the years to come. And so I have a real passion to encourage moms especially to get back into the Word with their children and to recognize the why of what they're doing with their kids. Um, I want you to, to, if you've got your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, because we're going to be talking about um, keeping Christ in the center of your home tonight, but go with me to the book of Jeremiah for just a second. Uh, I want to take you to a verse that has really come to have deep meaning for me as I homeschool my own children, and that's found in verse uh, 13 of chapter 2. It says, my people have committed two sins. The prophet Jeremiah is talking about um, God's uh, grief. Toward his people. And he says, My people have committed two, have forsaken me. And now, referring to himself again as the living water, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, again, we've got some imagery. The prophet Jeremiah is giving us imagery again. So, initially, we had the image of, of Jesus saying, I am the living water. And now you have him again saying, I am the living water, and you have dug your own cistern." So now we have the image of these huge uh, pots to hold water. And he says that you've dug your own cisterns broken that cannot hold water. So think about that with me for just a second because this is going to be where it becomes really important because I think this is a lot of what's happening in the homeschool movement. You guys are going to have to pardon me because I actually live here with my children. I have seven children. And they actually don't know that I'm on the radio tonight. So sorry about that. But think about that image again. So what have we done as parents to dig our own cisterns? So um, big um, containers to hold water. The wonderful that we've dug our own cisterns. And they're broken and they can't hold any water. So what does that mean for me? So I'm thinking, well, if I've dug my own cistern, that might mean that I am relying on the formulas and teaching of men rather than being steered toward the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. Maybe I'm relying on the ideology rather than the grace and forgiveness of Jesus, which at the end of the day, you guys, is the only place where true living water is ever going to be found. It's never going to be found inside the pages of a math book. You're not going to find it in a history program. You're not going to find it apart from Jesus Christ. And I think as homeschoolers, it's really easy for us to rely, isn't it, on the teachings of a person, or to uh, read a good book that we think is amazing, and so now all of a sudden I I become, you know, an apostle de facto of, you know, speaker so-and-so. And instead of going to God's word, we begin to rely on the formulas and teachings of men. And those teachings steer us toward ideology rather than toward the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. And I think as moms, if we don't recognize why we're homeschooling, which is because, hopefully, because we want to steer our children towards the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. If we don't remember why we're homeschooling our children then we're going to get caught up in the how. And as soon as we get caught up in the how of of, of raising our children and of teaching them, then we not only lose joy, but we're going to we're going to forget why and we're going to forget that Jesus is the living water. In John 6:35 Jesus said, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty." You see, everything that Jesus said and did was aimed at the souls of thirsty people. He was hoping and, and yearning, not hoping, yearning that we might thirst for God and be satisfied by Jesus. I love the verse. I wish I could remember the uh, scripture reference right now, but um, it says, uh, I think it's next. Exodus, it some may trust in horses and some might trust in chariots but we will trust in the name of our God. So let's take that as homeschoolers, for women in particular and go. Some might trust in curriculum, and some might trust in the SAT or the college boards or a fantastic science program, but we will trust in the, name of, in the name of our God. That means that whatever God calls me to, I know that my soul more than anything else needs to be thirsting for him that I need to be seeking after him first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added into you. And I think it's so easy for us as moms to um, often, we don't even realize that we're doing it, but we, become, we worship the curriculum or we worship the program or we think, gosh, if we could only do this or we could only do that, then we have to be better, and we forget. Oh, man, there's so much more. I remember bringing my kids home from public school. This is a monumental decision for Jay and me because um, I didn't want to homeschool the kids. Well, that's probably the first thing. I did not want to homeschool the kids. Everybody that I knew that was homeschooling the kids, I thought they were all weird and crazy, and I didn't think I had the patience, and I certainly didn't have the, uh, the uh, uniform, which at that time was a denim jumper, and I just thought I'm, I can't – I don't fit in. And I, and I just remember the Lord just so gently teaching me and talking to me. Heidi, Heidi, I'm over here. Heidi, are you listening? You know, come and listen to me. You're never going to be satisfied apart from me because you were born thirsty for me. And I knew that there was something that God was calling me to that was deeper than what I could see in front of me. And I'm not saying that putting your kids in in a public school is wrong. I'm saying that we have to be, our souls need to be yearning for living water. We were born to drink Living water, we were born to be taken to the spring so that we could, we could our thirst could be satisfied in Jesus. And I think a, a lot of times as, as um, women, we are finding our thirst or we're trying to, to have our thirst be satisfied in other places. And that's where we make the crucial mistake of going, okay, I got this. I got this on my own. Either I'm going to follow somebody else's ideology or I'm going to follow somebody else's formula or I'm going to follow my own. Worse yet, you know, I'm going to follow my own. And I think I'm doing it right, but really I have lost that dependence on God. I'm not drinking anymore from, that, from, that, um, from the spring of water. Think about your own body. How, what would happen to you if even for a day or two you just stopped drinking water? Um, I was speaking in Ontario, California. Gosh, I want to say it was uh, maybe a month ago now. And I was so busy for a couple of days, you know, traveling with our children is taxing and we were speaking and running our booth and talking to people and we had meetings and blah, 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 blah. Along the way, I got dehydrated and I didn't feel really great for a couple of days and I finally ended up in the emergency room um, with, you know, differing symptoms, different degrees of symptoms. And the emergency room doctor came out to me and he said, When was the last time you had water? Like just just made sure that you were drinking enough water. And I couldn't even remember, like, actually drinking water. And I could remember taking, I had a Coke, you know, somebody brought me a Diet Coke and somebody brought me a bottle of water while I was speaking. But but I was so busy with things that I knew were important and needed to get done that I neglected to do the more important thing, which was to nourish my body. And your spiritual body is the same way. Your soul is the same way. You were born to drink living water, and you cannot be satisfied apart from God. Now think about yourself that way with me for just a minute, and then think about your kids. You see, your kids aren't any different than you are. They were also created to be satisfied from the spring of living water. They were created beings, and the Bible says that the creator, God, knows what's best for his creation. I kind of want to go off uh, my little know my topic here for just a second, because I think it's important for us to realize that as believers, um, everything that we do in, in our walk with God hinges on the belief that God created us, that we have a creator who loves us and knows us and has a plan for us, like the Bible says in, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. that we believe with all of our hearts that we have a creator, and then once we believe that then we have to believe that the creator knows what's best for his creation. Now, let me take it just a step further. Um, I live in the Pacific Northwest. In fact, I'm, I am uh, recording this broadcast tonight from my home in, uh, in Washington State. We live in the southwest corner of uh, the northwest corner of the United States, and it's about 90 degrees outside tonight. We don't have any humidity. That's one thing that's kind of – awesome about the pacific northwest but it's warm tonight it's about seven o'clock at night here and it's still about 85 90 degrees outside and i am sitting here with a drink of water and i've been looking kind of over the events that have been happening in uh, the northwest recently now the state of washington was one of the first couple of states to legalize the use of marijuana now you're probably going where is she going with this but i stick with me i got i got a point i was listening to the news today, and uh, it, you know, secular broadcast, and they were talking about the legalization of marijuana, which happened at our last election last November. But tomorrow is the first day that stores where I live can sell marijuana to the general public. So, tomorrow, uh, the mayor of our city is going to a ribbon cutting ceremony at a place called Marijuana on Main Street. And I got to thinking, what does the Bible say? about our bodies. The Bible says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The the, the the Bible is really clear about how we should take care of our bodies. And I think, golly, we're back to the Creator knowing what's best for His creation. If I were to create a clay pot to work really hard to mix the ingredients together, to shape that just so that it could be used for whatever specific purpose that was, maybe I want it to be used in the oven or maybe I want it to be able to go in the freezer or whatever, I, I'm going to make that pot according to those specifications and when I'm done with it, whoever I sell it to or give it to, I'm going to say to them this is what's best for this pot um, don't drop it on a marble floor it'll break. If you cook it over 450 degrees, it'll crack. If you put it in the freezer after it's been hot, it's going to crack because why do I know that stuff? Because I created that pot in the same way we have a creator and he knows what's best for us that's why you guys, the issue of marriage is so important um, it's because we have a creator And he knows what's best for us. And so I think as parents, this is an awesome opportunity for us to tell our kids, God created you. He knows what's best for you. He says that your souls are thirsty for living water. That means we need to go to the Word every day and take a a drink from that cool drink of living water to go, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? Our souls need to be nurtured by the living God. And this is what we need to teach our children We've got to cultivate spiritual thirst in our kids. It's more important than knowledge. Wisdom is more important than knowledge. And I think if we can teach our children that they, are, that they were born thirsty, that they were thirsty for the living God, that God loves them, that he's created them, that he knows what's best for them, it helps us in our walk with the Lord. I don't know how familiar you guys are, I imagine, almost probably very familiar uh, with tails, but I love tails. I'm a little bit of a tail fanatic, and I love uh, listening to Bob the Tomato or Larry the Cucumber say, God made you special. You guys know the end of it? And he loves you very much. I think as homeschool moms, a lot of our work would be done by just teaching our children the simple truth, that God made them special, and he loves them very much. Our kids need to know they were created. They have a creator. They're not animals. They're souls that were created by the living God and souls, the Bible says, are thirsty for God. They're thirsty for their creator. And it's important to to um, take the time to do that. Before I'm I've done time, and I want to go over a couple of ways that you can do this with your kids, but I'm here to tell you that if you spend all of your time, you know, on academics with your kids, and fail to miss the opportunity of teaching your children what it means to know and walk with the living God, you will have missed the opportunity that homeschooling is affording you. And I, I see it so often. You know, I speak to thousands of women every year across the United States, and I can't tell you the number of moms that come up to me every single time I speak and say, I'm burned out, I'm tired, I'm tired of homeschooling, I'm tired of my kids. And they're never tired because they have spent time in the Word. They're tired because they're burned out on the formulas and teachings of men. Maybe they're tired because they're burned out on the, um, the requirements that their state is making for them for homeschooling. And I really believe that if you are homeschooling because God called you to, to do it, then he is going to give you the power and the authority and the, the promise to go all the way to the end. You see, homeschooling that's done by the power and spirit of God shouldn't run you over and leave you on the side of the road for dead. It just shouldn't. It's, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That doesn't mean that we're not going to carry a burden. You know, if he says that, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So as homeschooling moms who believe that we have a creator and who know that we are thirsty for God, the best thing that we can do is tell our children, you know what, this thing that you're dealing with right now, this anger problem that you're having, I'm not going to, I can't fix it for you. Because the Bible says self-control is free of the Spirit. So you need to go to the Spirit and ask the Lord to help you have self-control in the situation. Teach your children what it means to follow God. So what does it look like to be thirsty? I think this is important for you as a mom to be looking at in your own life. There are of example, a couple of examples I can be given in my own life, uh, times when I've been really thirsty and just like what happened to me in Ontario a few weekends ago, it's always because I have not been spending time with the Lord by myself. I haven't been reading His Word, and you know what? <laughs> There's no guarantee that things are going to go awesome. I don't know how many times I have woken up in the morning and had what I thought was an awesome time with the Lord, and then my day just went all the heck in a handbasket, you know, 15 minutes into it, and I was thinking this is like going to church. You know, the worst conversations always happen in the car on the way to church. And I and so I don't want you to have this idea in your head that somehow if you have uh, devotions or quiet time and spend time in the word every day that your life is going to go perfect. In fact, far from it, Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Isn't that awesome? You guys should be dancing right now in your pajamas because of, of recognizing how awesome it is to be loved by God in this way. So to be thirsty, um to recognize your thirst means that you need to recognize the symptoms of being thirsty. If I had been paying attention to my body's thirst a couple weeks ago, I would have recognized that my lack of energy and my lightheadedness were all symptoms of dehydration, but I wasn't paying attention to my body. So think about your spiritual body, your soul. And these are some symptoms of spiritual thirst. Discontentment is one of them. Um, Women, I just want to, I don't want to launch off on this topic tonight, but I just want to say for a second that comparison with the death of contentment. As soon as I start comparing myself to, like, a mega blogger or somebody who has a massive book deal or somebody who, you know, seems to have life better than me, whether that's, you know, well-behaved children or they're awesome in the kitchen or they never seem to have any trouble in their marriage or they make a lot of money, whatever that is, as soon as I start comparing myself to that person, I become discontent with my own life. And, comparisons to death of contentment. You should write that down. Uh, Discouragement. Discouragement just follows right along after discontentment because we look at what so-and-so has and we wish we had it and we don't, and so we we become discouraged, which is not, by the way, from the Lord. Then we're distracted, which is another sign of of a soul that's thirsty. We're distracted from what we really need to do, which is take a drink of water. Disillusionment, because why are we doing it anyway? And then eventually defeat. So I call them the five Bs of being thirsty, discontentment, discouragement, distraction, disillusion, and defeat. And so to recognize those things in your, um, in your soul are going to be lifesavers for you, literally spiritual lifesavers for you as you go through this journey of homeschooling your kids. Because I don't know if you have figured this out yet, homeschooling is stinking hard. And whoever says it's not hard is a lying to you because it totally is. You see, the human soul has thirst. And we've, re- we've read about that tonight, and um, we've read about Jesus saying, if any of you is thirsty, come to me, because Jesus was speaking at that point of a soul thirst. See, the human soul has thirst. So we know Jesus is speaking of a soul thirst, not a physical thirst. And so when we go without God, our soul gets thirsty. Because we were made to drink from God. We were made for God. Our bodies were made to live on water, right? And our soul was made to live on God. And this is the most important thing to know about yourself. You have a soul, and your soul was made to live on God. All study and all biblical learning should be designed to spread like a banquet for your soul, and to keep poison out of the kitchen. And everything that Jesus said and did was aimed at this, that you might drink from living water, drinking from God himself, and be satisfied. Because your souls live on him. That's why he died. That's why pastors study. That's why um, Christian speakers speak. Everything that we do, um, everything that I do as a, as a speaker when I talk to moms, is aimed to awaken thirst for God. So that you can recognize that the only place to find satisfaction for that thirst is in Jesus Christ. You were made to be thirsty for God. Did you know that your soul, I think this is so amazing, your soul can drink deeply, even when your body can't move. I learned this uh, this past year. I had some of you follow me on Facebook, and you've kind of been seeing my struggles this last year, and I um, Uh, Mine culminated in in my needing to uh, undergo a hysterectomy, which I did in uh, October of last year. And, you know, I am sort of your classic overachiever. I tend to have a lot of energy by nature. I like to uh, interact with people. I love to teach. I love to speak. And this seriously flattened me. Like, it flattened me so bad. I, I was on literally just in bed for weeks and weeks and thinking I was gonna get better and then I wasn't and then I would push it and then it made it worse and blah 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 blah. And I realized, oh my word, I am mortal. I can't I can't do everything. I am dust. And all these things that I wanted to do while I had my quote unquote downtime literally evaporated in front of my eyes. I had these these great plans. I was gonna spend time with my kids. I was gonna to read to them. Well I couldn't because um, of the drugs that I was taking and all of the time that I wanted to spend with them, I ended up sleeping. And about two months into it, I started realizing that even though I was completely um, incapacitated in terms of what I wanted to do, God was still speaking to me. He was still going, "Hey you listen to me. I want to talk to you. Hey, let's use this time while you're down. Let's let's rejuvenate your spirit while your body is restored." And I realized my soul could drink deeply. Even though my body was 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 um, under, undergoing some pretty significant reconstruction, uh, C.S. Lewis said that you're not a human being with a soul; you're a soul that temporarily inhabits a physical body. And I think it's easy for us to lose sight of that. You know, this world that we are in, we are just—praise God—we are just passing through. We are passing through. I was telling my son that today as he was uh, taking to get his so driver's like him and we were talking about um, how important it is to make wise choices and how your choices affect those around you and having that, you know, those, that mother-child uh, talk that we have when our kids uh, begin to get older and flap and their wings and, and uh, test their ability to leave the nest. And I wanted him to recognize that he is just a soul that's temporarily inhabiting a physical body. And I think... For me, at least, I I don't know how you guys are, but I can tell you that for me, this has been a big deal because as a homeschool mom, I've been hung up for years on all the wrong things. I was worrying about whether or not my kids were scoring high enough on their math tests, about whether or not we got enough history, and about whether or not we were doing the right approach to education. And I spent several years, you know, kind of wringing my hands and working so hard at um at doing just the right thing that the state of Washington wanted me to do, and I was neglecting the thing that God wanted me to do, which is teach my kids every day what it meant to get into the Word of God, even just for a few minutes. So um, teaching your children what it means to be thirsty is just the beginning. After that, you have to teach them how to satisfy their thirst. That is how you keep Christ as the center of your home. That's how you keep Christ as the center of your homeschool. Jesus said, whoever believes in me is going to have streams of water flowing from within. Now you're, you're back to that water again. You see, faith is a coming of the soul to a fountain, to be satisfied with Jesus above every other thing. It's not just to believe in facts which is why we need to be teaching our children that Jesus is the water that we need. Our soul does the drinking, and you don't just get a drink. You get a spring. Jesus said whoever believes in him has streams of living water that flows from within. I don't know about you guys, but as a homeschool mom, I need that encouragement. I need to know that as I go to God to be satisfied, as my soul drinks from living water, which is I we drink by being in prayer with, with God, by communing with him, by getting alone with him, by reading his word. My son came to me the other night and was really struggling with something and uh, and after we talked and kind of cried together and and kind of went through you know some sort of steps to resolving some of these things that he was struggling with. I said, "Hey, you know, what if you what if you read Psalm 1 and get an idea of what God says that a life, the life of a believer should look like. And so the next morning he came to me and, he, and I asked him if he read the psalm on to say I didn't think he would, and he did. And I said, so did you, did you understand that Jesus is saying that the person who walks with him is like a tree that's planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf doesn't wither and whatever he does prospers. Isn't that what we want for our kids? It is, isn't it? Uh, a couple of years ago, probably four years ago, um, Jay and I started, my husband and I started writing uh, from the planted. It's a, a Bible study for families, and we are really excited about what God is doing with it. And the reason that we started writing from the planted was based on what I read in Psalm 1. And again, in, um, in Jeremiah, there's a similar verse in Jeremiah, we the Bible says that the person who walks with the Lord is like a tree that's planted by streams of water, that's firmly planted by streams of water. It's living water. Jesus is saying that if we walk with him that we are like a tree that's been planted by streams of living water. Dude, that's the best place to be planted, right? Check it out. Isaiah 58:11 says the Lord will continually guide you, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You'll be like a well-watered garden, Isaiah said, like an ever-flowing spring. Back to that um, example of water again in the book of Isaiah. And what he's saying is that the only requirement that Jesus gives for the living water is to recognize our thirst. How awesome is that? To just be able to go, you know what, I can't do it. My soul is thirsty for God. Right? The Bible says in a dry and weary, in a dry and thirsty land where there is No water. And I guess I just want to to encourage you, and I'm going to kind of end with this, is that your homeschool journey is as much about you as it is about your kids. If you want your kids to walk with the Lord, Mom, walk with the Lord yourself. If you want your children to learn how to have their thirst satisfied so that they don't go and try to dig their own cisterns or fall victim to false teaching, teach them how to go into God's word for themselves, how to open up the Bible for themselves and look for the answers that they need. I really believe, as a Christian, as someone who deeply loves and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and who has experienced the power of his redemption, that God has planned this for you. He had you in mind a long time ago. He planned homeschooling with you in mind. God planned you to have a soul, and he knew that you'd be sitting here listening to this right now. And according to God's age-old intention, if anyone listening tonight is thirsty, if you feel your soul have that ache, if anyone listening tonight is thirsty, then let him come to Jesus and drink. Let him come to Jesus and drink. You see, Jesus is the water that we need. The success of the homeschool movement, the Christian homeschool movement, is never going to be found inside the pages of a math book. You're not going to find it in a fancy curriculum or even from an author or a speaker, somebody who writes good books, I've written some books, and I hope that you love them, and I hope they encourage you, but I'm not the water that you need. Jesus is the water that you need. His word is what you need. His word is what satisfies. Jesus said, I am what satisfies. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. So if you're feeling that discouragement, that discontent, that disillusionment, go to the Lord. Ask him to show you what it means to have your thirst satisfied in Jesus Christ. I think as moms, we don't recognize that our children have the same thirst that we do. But they do. When you, when we're dealing with attitudes and we're dealing with um, character issues and intentions of the heart and those, you know, day-to-day heart issues that we deal with with our children, we have an opportunity as moms to teach our children, oh, you know what? That's you being thirsty. God wants to talk to you. Listen to what his, listen to what his word has to say about anger. Listen to what his word has to say about hurt and loneliness and suffering and joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know what that tells me? That tells me two things as a Christian mom. That tells me, one, I should be joyful because I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. So I should be A joyful person, not that we're not always joyful. I mean, you you know, you guys can see me, you know, Monday through Friday at my house doing laundry and dishes. I'm just doing the same things you're doing. And I'm not saying it's joyful all the time. I'm just saying that there is something in our heart that says the joy of the Lord is my strength. If he's called me to this, he's going to get me through it. And I want to show my kids what it means to persevere and what it means to be joyful. And I can't do that unless I go to the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength, not the joy of going to the gym or the joy of cooking a good meal, or the joy of accomplishing that project. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I wonder if we're going to the Lord for our strength as women, or if we're looking to somebody else to give it to us. If we're looking to somebody else, I think we're going to be really disappointed, because the only one that's going to be able to give us the water that we need is Jesus Christ himself. And so I want you to be thinking about that as you wrap up the school year and kind of head into the next one. Um, The joy of the Lord is your strength. He said, take me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. Your children are the same way. So let's take just a minute and quiet our hearts before the Lord tonight. I know I could use it. Had a little bit of a rough day myself. So let's quiet our hearts before the Lord. And if you're listening tonight, ask the Lord, Father, show me what it means to be thirsty for you. Some of you are listening to me and you already know that you're thirsty. Ask the Lord to show you how to drink from living water. Ask him to show you how to be in his word. You know, it's interesting when, when Jay and I were writing um, from the planet, when we were writing the Bible study that we would use with our whole family because we have seven children, they range in age from 3 to 23. And as we were writing this, we were thinking, how can we incorporate all of our kids in this? And the Lord really just gave us a really simple way, and I think what he was saying to us as we were writing this out was, I'm the living water. Don't complicate it. Don't make it hard. Following Jesus Christ is not complicated. It's not easy. It's not complicated, and I think oftentimes we want to make it complicated. I am on a crusade to get Christian high school moms to stop teaching Bible as a subject in school, but rather to pick up the Bible every day and show your children what it means to come and get a drink of living water, to show them what it means to have a soul that's thirsty for God, just like their bodies are thirsty for water. We have a soul that's thirsty for the living God. So I'm going to take this a minute and pray for you tonight as you're thinking about this and pondering what this looks like in the lives of your family and in your kids. And let's see if God doesn't do something amazing through the prayers of these people tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we read in Jeremiah and in the Psalms and in the book of John, all through the Bible, Lord, how you have said that we were born thirsty that we were made to drink from living water. Lord, I pray that you just forgive us for forsaking you, the spring of living water, and digging our own cisterns, Lord, we recognize that they're broken and they can't hold water. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to come to you for the water that we need. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to set that time aside with our kids every day, and recognize it's more, it's, it is the more important thing. It is the most important thing that we will do with our kids, Lord, to teach them how to listen for your voice, how to answer your call on their lives, how to go into the places that you ask them to go. Lord, I pray that you help us be faithful. For every mom that's listening to this, this tonight who's weary and tired, and burned out and frustrated and feels like she can't do it. Lord, I pray that you would just feel your arms around her, that gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit that says, hey, I'm here. Lord, we thank you for the promise of your word, that your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, we just ask for those mercies to be new, or that you be poured out on us, that we would be sensitive to your spirit and obedient to your calling. Lord, I pray that you just help us be the women that you've created us to be, that we would show our children, not just by talking to them, Lord, but by actions, what it means to follow you. We thank you. We trust you. And we look forward to what you're going to do, Lord. And it's in your precious name. I pray. Amen. Thanks, you guys, for being here tonight. I wish that we had time uh, for questions, but uh, maybe if I'm really nice to Latoya, she'll have me come back on and we can just have a, have a Q&A. Latoya, are you still there? I am here, and I would love to have you come back and chat. And if you guys want to connect with Heidi, you can always head to her site, thebusymom.com, and they can find your speaking, where you're speaking right, and all your social media places. Um, You can get to know Heidi a little bit better, and her books, which are amazing, especially the uh, Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight. If you need help with your schedule and your time, get that book and read it. It's got good stuff in it. So thank you for joining us, and hopefully next time we won't have so many technical issues. I know. I just i, I slipped my husband a note, and I'm just like, dude, next time I'm just going to shut down every electronic uh, piece of equipment in this house, and hopefully I won't have this, this trouble again. So I'm sorry I was all right. late. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, everybody, uh, take care, and I will see you next month. Thanks for joining us for Mommy Jamie's Night. I'm your host, LaCoya Edwards, and it's been such fun hanging out with you tonight. Please come back and check us out on our website, Mommy Jemmy's Night, for all of the archives of our past shows. And don't forget to invite your friends and set your calendar for the second Tuesday of every month for more fellowship and encouragement.